Welcome to the OCR Underground Show. Each week, you get the latest research, training secrets of top coaches, and everything you need to crush your next obstacle course race and finish burpee-free. Here's your host, SGX coach, Mike Diebler. Hey guys, Mike Diebler here, and welcome to episode 81 of the OCR Underground Show. If you want to check out the show notes for this episode, head on to www.ocrunderground.com slash episode 81. Well, as always, I have a, a jam-packed episode for you today. Uh, summertime is here. Weather's getting warm. We're starting to see some hotter and hotter races, but I think we're all going to take it. After a, a year of, of no races, um, I think we'll take whatever weather whatever conditions we can get right now just to get back out there and, and have some normalcy again. So hopefully you have some fun summer race plans, hopefully not too hot, but again, I think we're willing to, to take it right now. Um, I'm getting excited. I'm, I've been cranking up my training. I have uh, Tahoe is my, my big race for the year. So we're, you know, about three months or so away. So it's, it's been fun, you know, having that, that a race and really cranking it up and, and kind of seeing what I can do right now. So um, it's it's been fun. It's been tough. I'm, I'm just trying to get as ready as I can for that race. I have a couple other small races coming up. That'll be fun too, but that's kind of the big one I've been working for right now. Um, so uh, in this episode, I'm going to talk about, in the Inside Mike's Mind segment, about, um, I'm going to get hopefully in your mind a little bit, little mindset training, and we're going to talk about embracing the suck. I know it's a, a common thing we hear and, you know, getting out of your comfort zone and, and we see all the different quotes and memes out there, but I don't know how useful they are unless we actually have a plan. So I have a few strategies that I think would be helpful to help you get ready for when you have to face those, those training sessions or those races when you just know you're not going to be very comfortable. Uh, in my research review, I want to talk about water therapy and how it might or might not help with uh, your recovery. And then finally, in uh, this episode's interview, I have on SGX coach Heather Bins, and she's going to talk all about how to find your inner athlete. Before we get into this episode, though, I want to take a minute and thank the sponsors. Uh, first, Venga CBD. Uh, have you taken the quiz yet? Make sure you head on over to vengacbd.com slash quiz, and uh, it's going to give you a customized plan on how to best use their CBD products, whether it's to help promote sleep, recovery, training support, whatever it might be. Uh, so a really quick, uh, simple tool you can use and uh, check out all their products at vengacbd.com slash underground. And don't forget to use code underground to save on your next order. All right, and I want to let the uh, guys out there know about a brand new sponsor of the show and, or for that special man in your life. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by Manscaped. Uh, Manscaped offers pre precision engineered tools for male grooming. Manscaped just launched their fourth generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. Uh, and our my listeners get an exclusive offer. You get to save 20% off your order. Uh, and get free worldwide shipping using the code OCR underground at manscaped.com. So listen, I know uh, male grooming may not lead to significant race improvements, uh, but it certainly can't help. And if you're using the same trimmer for your body and your face, you may want to check out uh, some of their products. I, I did get to be one of the first to try out their new uh, lawnmower 4.0 and i have to say it, it is it works really well uh definitely a cool thing to check out and i know what you guys are asking you know how can i reduce uh grooming related accidents well thanks to their fourth generation trimmer featuring a cutting edge ceramic blade it'll help reduce uh, those grooming accidents accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology uh also uh has a, a wireless charger uh which is pretty cool let's get that battery lasting longer and um, again, you get to receive 20% uh, off and free shipping. Don't forget to use the code OCR underground at manscaped.com. In the Inside Mike's Mind segment, like I mentioned, I, I want to talk a little mindset training. Obviously, mindset has been uh, more and more 
popular topic and I have lots of great interviews with with uh, special guests talking about mindset. And um, I wanted to talk specifically about embracing the suck, right? How to really deal with some of those training sessions that are going to be painful. Um, some of those races where it's just tough and you may not want to continue, whatever it might be. Um, obviously, I think it's important we we realize different style of pain. And I, I you know, think we this is obvious, but I do want to mention, right, obviously understanding hurting yourself and kind of going through hurt, right? So we need to understand when there is that pain that isn't supposed to be there, right? It's not because you're just pushing hard and, um, you know, muscle tissue is is becoming more acidic and, and painful and, and kind of the natural response of high intensity exercise, right? That, that pain is going to come, uh, whether we want it to or not, or like a, a, a pulled muscle or a joint that's not feeling right or whatever it might be. So obviously we need to understand what's the right kind of pain to push through. And, and for today's purposes, we're talking about kind of the, the byproduct of high intensity exercise is, Hey, we're going to be breathing hard. Muscles are going to be burning. Um, it, it's going to be a challenge and, and what are we going to do about it? So, uh, we, know it's coming and we want to prepare for something like this. And I had a great book recommendation um, from a client of mine. And the book is uh, The Brave Athlete, Calm the Fuck Down and Rise to the Occasion. So this was a great read and I, I highly recommend it. I'll put a link to it in the show notes uh, for a lot of different you know, psychological things that we're going to be go through. And I want to steal a couple things uh, from one of the chapters in here that I just thought was very practical. I've been playing around with it myself and I just think it's really helpful uh, specifically with, with this um, topic. And, you know, essentially what we're looking at here is kind of that pain tolerance, right? That suffer tolerance. And this is a skill, right? Some people may naturally be better, right? Or they can get into that hurt locker, right? They'll, they'll just go and push and, and not really care. And, and they can just go to that place and other people can't. And sure, there's that natural piece to it, but it's just like anything. It's a skill and you can train it and you can get better at it. So if you feel like this is something that's really limiting you, right? Where you just mentally can't get there, right? As soon as it starts to hurt and gets uncomfortable, you notice that you back off, right? You, you just don't wanna, you don't wanna go there. You know what the consequences are going to be. Um, this this is really tough. I know I, this is something I'll deal with, right? I, I think we're all guilty of dealing with it. It's just to what degree and what degree are you willing to kind of push through it? So if this is something that you struggle with, uh, a couple really uh, cool things I thought were definitely at least worth a try. So how they they break it down is they look at it kind of two, two aspects of this, this skill that we want to work for. And that is that you need to be prepared to suffer might sound obvious, but we, we have to prepare for something like this. And there's a lot of things you can do to prepare and make it a little less uh, painful. Uh, and then once we prepare, we still have to go through it. And then you need to learn how to cope with it. So those were kind of the two areas. So if we go with being prepared to suffer, uh, what are some things that you can do? And uh, two kind of big key areas that I thought were worth bringing up here were number one, experience. You have to experience this in order to get better at it. So again, might sound obvious, but are you kind of going to that place in your training or do you just wait till race day to you know, push yourself that hard, right? So obviously we can't train as hard as we can all the time, but it's something that we do regularly need to expose ourselves to, to kind of put ourselves in that position. Now, I think when we say experience this, there's different types of suffering and pain that you're gonna have to go through. And you want to be aware of that and see, well, what areas do you tend to suffer with? Is it more like endurance, just being out there a long time? Is it kind of that, that hard push, you know, climbing hills when your legs are just screaming? Um, is it more of a mental thing where, you know, you just, you, you don't want to go through that training session, right? That, that's kind of the, the, the suffering that you might be going through. So whatever it is that you seem to be struggling with, and it could be obviously more than one, we want to make sure we, we understand the type of pain you need to set yourself up with. And then we just need to start to experience it. And um, again, 
doesn't have to be or it shouldn't be all the time, but you're regularly finding out what are the things that you really don't like to do, right? Like I, I don't like getting out there when it's wet and muddy. All right, well, the next day it rains. Uh, I think that's the perfect day to, to do maybe a workout that I really don't want to do outside. Uh, so find those reasons to kind of push yourself in these areas. And I, I think I do think that'll go a long way because obviously you, you almost become desensitized to it. The more times you experience it, the better able you'll be able to handle it. Uh, the next part of just being prepared is they call it, you know, feed forward. So uh, where, you know, instead of feedback, we're, we're thinking about this in the future and think of it almost as visualization, right? We always hear about visualization, you know, picturing the perfect race, picturing, you know, hitting that spear, uh, whatever it might be. We want to see yourself doing it. And then when it actually happens, you just kind of replay that moment and, and actually do it. So while we don't want to visualize about, you know, painful things, it, it's something that we, we need to do. You want to um, embrace it, right? We want to be prepared for like all of the things that we're not looking forward to. Because the more you deny it, the more you try and avoid it, when it hits you, it's going to hit you that much harder. So instead, let's accept the fact that, all right, this workout, I'm going to do some hill sprints and there's going to be a time when I just don't want to push it anymore or whatever it might be, right? So we're, do a little visualization as part of your warm-up routine. Put yourself in that situation and do it at, be as descriptive as you can in your mind, right? From how it's going to feel, you know, what you see, the area you're going to be, going to be if, if you know any little details that you can do try and just put yourself in that spot and just recreate it in your head and then just accept with what's going to happen, right? Legs are going to burn. I'm going to feel a little heavy. Uh, my lungs are going to be on fire or whatever it might be, the things that you're going to be dealing with. So I think these are just two simple things you can do to prepare yourself, right? This is only half the battle, but it's a great start, right? It's going to make dealing with the pain a little bit easier if we can set ourselves up this way. But from there, we, we do want some strategies to cope. And I think they had a couple good ones that are worth bringing up here. Uh, segmentation is going to be a big one, right? When, when we look at something like the whole piece, the whole workout, the whole race, right? If I'm going to do an ultra and I think about, you know, 30 miles being out there and, and all these different things, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot to take on and that can defeat you before you even start. In, instead, think about it in segments, one bite at a time, right? So what's what do I need to worry about right now? It could be, you know, maybe training. I just, you know, maybe I'm going to do 10 hill sprints. But right now, I just have to do one. And all I'm going to think about is this one. And it's kind of cool. It's like crossing that thing off your to-do list. It kind of feels good, right? We get that dopamine response. And it gives us a little surge of energy, which we can actually use into our next sprint or, or next thing that we're trying to do. So think of ways that you can break things up, right? So don't, when you have this long list of items, right? It just comes becomes defeating when you see this to-do list that just won't end. Um, or if you think about all the obstacles you have to get through or, or the whole workout or, you know, whatever it might be, we're gonna break it down and, you know, just one day at a time, just one, one thing at a time. So how can I break this down into a digestible piece that's doable? Right. So, you know, going back to the ultra beast, I'm going to run a beast, right? I'm going to get through one lap, right? Maybe that's breaking it down. That seems easier running two beasts than one ultra beast potentially. Um, so you just find the way I'm going to just, I just need to get to the end of the street, right? Even though I might have to go longer than that right now, all I'm worried about is getting to the end of the street. And when I get there, I'm going to go to the next segment, the next piece. This might even help if you're just not feeling it and don't even want to start, right? You just having a hard time getting going in a workout and, um, you know, commit to a small piece, 10%, 25, 25%, right? You're going to do an hour run and you're just like, I really just don't feel it today. Well, can you do a 10 minute run? And then once you've completed 10 minutes, then you can decide, do you want to keep going for another 50 minutes or nope, that was it. Right. And that's all I had in me today. Right. And then at least you, you kind of gave that, that, that shot and, and you can live with whatever happens from there. So I think that's a big thing. Like, how can we break this down into smaller pieces that maybe won't suck as much? Uh, another thing, uh, kind of both, uh, the next two things really just playing on, on our minds and distracting ourselves a little bit. And, um, 
one of them, just, just being mindful, right? And paying attention to what's going on. So don't deny what's happening, right? Sometimes we're just thinking, you know, no more thinking, this sucks. I don't wanna do this, this is hard. Let's try and get rid of those thoughts. Instead, just be mindful of what's going on and then move on, right? So it, it's it just kind of a way to keep your brain thinking about something else. And even if you're thinking about the pain, it's, it might be, you know, almost doing like a total body scan, like, okay, my legs are burning right now. All right, well, how's my, how are my arms doing, right? How's, how are my feet doing, right? How are my calves doing? right? How's my breathing right now? So you don't linger on any one thing. You just acknowledge, hey, my legs are burning. They hurt like crazy. Move on. You know, my lungs are, are just huffing and puffing. This is getting pretty hard. Okay, move on. My feet feel good, right? I, I, you know, feel strong there, whatever it is. So we're, we're just going to be mindful of what's going on. We'll deal with it. We'll accept it, but we're not going to linger on, oh my God, my legs are just killing me. They're going to be just so painful later. I'm going to be so sore. Like all of those thoughts that just kind of snowballs into more and more negative thoughts that are more likely to to just get you to slow down, get you to stop or not really be able to push through. All right. So acknowledge it, but move on. Think about something else. Uh, and then the, the last one I want to bring up that, again, just a way to distract yourself. And I actually uh, really enjoy or I should say enjoy, but I, I think this is very useful and it's helped me personally. Uh, and it's just rhythmic repetition, right? There's a reason like with music, it, it becomes very motivating. You might be listening to music and you can push a little bit harder. There's that rhythmic nature. Uh, it, again, it's a distraction. It's taking your thoughts away from what you're dealing with in that situation and getting your brain to think about something else. So um, you can kind of waste that brain power on just constantly thinking about how hard it is and how bad it is, or we can kind of put it to good use and almost trick ourselves. So something like counting uh, can be very helpful. So just, you want something easy, um, not too easy, something that requires a little bit of thought, but not so complicated that you are almost draining your brain power because you have to think so hard about something. So that's why counting is something simple. Like maybe just counting by ones is too easy, but you count even numbers, odd numbers, um, whatever it might be. I, you know, I, I usually count by twos uh, just over and over and over again. So, you know, you know, try counting to four, to six, to eight, and you just count over and over and over again, um, but have a rhythm to it. I like using, uh, almost timing it with my cadence. So every time my foot hits the ground, I'm counting a number and it, it helps me keep my cadence up, right? So I'm just saying this number, these numbers over and over again, um, counting my steps. Sometimes I'll do it with my breath as well. So I'll count the inhale, I'll count the exhale. And again, just try, try and get my breathing involved a little bit more. If I tend to be almost hyperventilating and not, not in control there, uh, that can be very helpful as well. But I do think it's um, a great distract, almost hypnotic, where you're just, you know, let your body do what it's supposed to do. Right, we know you're not going to die. You know, your body will protect you from really bad things from happening. We just know it's going to not feel good. It's going to be really uncomfortable. So let's just let let the body go. You know how to run, right? Just just work on uh, distracting your mind a little bit and focusing on other things. So I I do think this is helpful, whether it's training um, or race day. And really, I think you should work on this for both, but try some of these out, you know, try the visualization, try being prepared. You know, if you're going to be going through one of those hardcore workouts, be, be ready, you know, put yourself in that situation, plan for it, and then try some of these coping strategies to see if they help, um, get you, get you through it a little bit easier, maybe to, to boost performance or just, you know, make it a little bit more pleasurable as you go through. But I, again, um, the Brave Athlete, I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes if you want to check out check out this book. But I do think it's it's a great read. And if you do suffer from, from some, some of those mindset um, shortcomings, I, I think it might be a, a great way to help boost some of that to, uh, to help complement some of the physical training that you might be doing. All right, well, let's get into my research review. I want to talk about some different forms of water therapy. I know like things like ice baths have become really popular and they can be beneficial for a variety of reasons. Uh, but I found a study looking specifically at uh, recovery after a training session. So I thought it was worth kind of looking into and, and seeing how, how we can apply it. So it looked at three different water 
treatment therapies on uh, young men for the population. And uh, they had them perform max jumps, sprint performance. Um, they looked at uh, some blood markers like blood lactate, uh, creatine kinase, um, testosterone, cortisol, some hormones, and uh, on top of a soreness and relaxation questionnaire, so kind of more for perceived. So they looked at physical performance, kind of mental side of it, and then blood markers on recovery. So um, what they did, so after their training, they did uh, three different water therapies, uh, randomly selected, and in active recovery as well. So the first method was cold water immersion. So they uh, were in uh, 10 degrees Celsius uh, water, which is uh, about 50 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, for the second treatment, they went into thermonutrial water, so kind of warm, warm water, is about 24 degrees Celsius, which is about 75 degrees Fahrenheit. And the uh, last treatment was contrast, where they would alternate between 10 degrees Celsius and 38 degrees. So again, um, about 50 degrees into 100 degrees Fahrenheit. So they would alternate cold and hot. So kind of all have been, you know, used for, for recovery. Uh, and then they actually had a control group too, because they wanted to see, well, well, how does this compare to just an active cool down after their workout? So uh, after the first session, they waited 96 hours um, and then they retested uh, some of their markers. So they, they looked at their sprint times, their 30 meter sprint times. They looked at their jump heights, max jump heights. And they looked at their, their soreness and relaxation questionnaire, uh, blood lactate, creatine kinase, testosterone, cortisol. So looked at all the same things again. Uh, so what were some of the findings? Uh, well, what they saw was the perceived results, the self-perceived uh, results. So how basically how they felt in terms of soreness, relaxation, how, how recovered they felt, things like that. Uh, they saw significant improvements with cold and contrast, um, but not with uh, the neutral temperature water. Um, when they looked at sprint times, they saw uh, only a significant difference with uh, the uh, significantly slower times when they repeated this in the control group, as well as the contrast therapy group. Uh, and then finally, in uh, they saw the um, biggest drops in jump performance with the control group only. All the others were significantly higher. Uh, and all the blood levels, there was no significant difference between any of these uh, treatments. So what does that tell us? Well, again, just one study, but it seems that with um, cold and contrast therapy had uh, a, a pretty good uh, improvements with their sprint time. Um, all of them saw improvements with the um, the jump performance over the the control group. But I think the biggest thing was the the mental side of it, there was a pretty significant improvement there. So it may not be physical, right? They didn't see any changes, significant changes in all of the performance measurements and as well as the um, blood markers that they looked at. Um, but mentally, those specifically that did the, the cold and the contrast therapy saw um, that perceived improvement there. So Again, maybe maybe not a ton of information there, but it's kind of one of those things like if you feel like it's helping, it probably is. Um, we may not need to see all the specific benefits, you know, the blood markers, things like that. If if you are a big fan of, of cold therapy or contrast therapy, seems to be helpful. Um, they found that just going in, in the uh, neutral temperature water wasn't as helpful, so might be something with that cold and uh, and that combination of cold and hot, that might be beneficial for, for aiding with recovery. Um, I think the big thing is how practical some of these things are. Do you have access to ice baths and, and things like that? That's, that's where things get a little bit tricky. Uh, trying to find research on cold showers to see how beneficial these are in terms of aiding recovery and that I think we have more work to do. We don't we don't see as much in terms of research. So again, uh, it, it definitely could be one of those things that's helpful. 
Um, I think even if we're looking at the mental side or the psychological benefits, I, those are still benefits and those are still important. So if it's something that you do and you feel better, it might be helpful. Uh, the only study I really could find on this topic with cold showers was looking at cold showers in response uh, to recovery in hot environments where they, they found that cold showers did help reduce heart rate and um, recovery uh, faster. So, you know, if you're in a hot environment, hopping in a cold shower, you know, might, might be beneficial. Um, but that's all they looked at was in a hot environment. We don't know. Well, what if it's not a hot environment? How beneficial can those things be? So um, more research is needed there. But I think it's, these are all simple and safe things to do, you know, obviously, as long as you're not staying in too long and getting the water too cold. Um, but these are these are pretty straightforward things, you know, at least with the cold shower. I think it's something that could be could be helpful. If that idea just terrifies you, you know, start with just either starting your shower cold or ending your shower cold, you know, even just a few seconds to kind of get used to that. Uh, one point I do want to bring up with kind of a lot of these different recovery tools is I think there's a um, there'll be a limiting return effect the longer you use them. So I think it's something you probably want to consider cycling through. So if you are always taking cold showers, I I think there's only so much you're going to get out of it. It, it should be something that you do maybe only when you have really tough workouts or you're really trying to help with recovery. But it's it's just like you know if you were training and you're doing the same exact workout, the same exact lifts every single time, you know it's good but you're going to get less and less out of that so you know focusing on other things cycling through it all of that i think will be beneficial here you know when we're talking about our, our cold water and, and different types of water therapy All right, guys. Well, it is time for the interview section of today's podcast, and I have a very special guest. I have Heather Bins. Uh, Heather is a, a health and fitness strategist, a nationally acclaimed fitness expert, best-selling author, wellness educator, public speaker, certified personal trainer, as well as a Spartan SGX coach, triathlon and running coach, uh, as well as a competitive athlete. So Heather, a long list there, but how are you doing today? I'm fabulous. How are you? Good, good. Um, and I also want to mention you are the um, the founder and owner of Renovate Fitness and yes. uh, voted top five personal trainers in Los Angeles for four years in a row, which is an awesome accomplishment. Thank you. Awesome. Well, uh, before we, we dive in, I just wanted to uh, let, give you a chance to um, kind of let our listeners know a little bit more about you, kind of how you got started with fitness and coaching and then and ultimately what led you into like the personal or I'm sorry, the uh, uh, Spartan OCR coach path. Sure. Yeah. So I actually, I've been active my whole life since I was young, always running around and having fun outside doing, you know, the intramural sports in school and then went into high school and started running like for real, if you, if you mention it. And I remember I was doing a track like 800 meter mile. And then the coach wanted me to run the two miles. Like, are you crazy? That's so long, but I did it. <laughs> Then they tried for two years to get me to go out for the cross country team. I'm like, three miles is way too long. I was like, you guys are crazy. After two years of trying to convince me my junior year, I tried a cross country season. And I remember my very first race, I was dead last. <laughs> and I was like, this sucks, I hate it. But as I progressed in my junior and senior year, and before I know it, I became one of the top runners on the team. And my team went to state and had a lot of fun. And before you know it, three miles was like, all right, I can definitely kill three miles. <laughs> Although I ran a lot faster back then. Um, <laughs> after high school, went into college, kind of trying to figure out what I wanted to do, like a lot of people do, and ended up getting into uh, child development, realized, oh, I don't want to do this. And then I didn't know what I wanted to do. And so I just went to school to get my knowledge and education and then figured out eventually communications and advertising. At the same time, I was married and had a child. And basically I ended up going into the corporate world and I was in the corporate world for about 10 years. And I know I kind of bounced around a lot in those 10 years because when I look back on it now, I realized I was not happy with what I was doing. And I kept bouncing around trying to figure out what do I really want to do? And then one day, after work, running with a friend, complaining about the day I had, she's like, why don't you become a personal trainer? I was like, a personal trainer? 
I was like, well, let me go online and see what they do. And went online and I was like, all right, I've worked out at the gym a handful of times up until this point off and on, but I never really paid attention to, you know, any of the staff. So I saw that uh, Jim was hiring. I went to go on an interview and they hired me on the spot, which is kind of scary if you think about it, because I had no experience, but I guess I looked fit. And that's kind of what turned my whole career around. So I got out of the corporate world and I started in health and fitness in 2006. And then I've been doing it ever since. And in 2008 is when I founded my company. Back then it was called Full of Life Fitness. And then I rebranded in January of 2016 to Renovate Fitness, which is what it is now. And I've basically been a runner all the way till now. And uh, I discovered obstacle course racing, I would say back in like 2000, maybe 12-ish, 11, somewhere in there with those mud runs. Actually, it probably was maybe about 2010 or nine, because I remember Muddy Buddy way back in the day. And then eventually ended up finding out about um, Spartan races. And I was like, oh, I don't know. That's a little crazy. And then I tried one back in Malibu, California in 2015, where they don't have it anymore. And I was hooked and I loved it. And I immediately was like, okay, how can I become a coach? So I became a Spartan coach in uh, 2015 and haven't stopped ever since. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. You know, it's funny. I kind of have a similar track story, like you mentioned, where I was, and I've I've talked about this on the show, but I was a high jumper uh, and in high school, all jumps, but I eventually specialized in the high jump. And I remember my high school coach saying, you have to do cross country in the off season. It's going to make you so much better. And I'm like, well, that doesn't make any sense. But I did it one year and it was kind of the same thing. I came in last place. I threw up like I, I didn't know what I was getting into, but I only made it one season. I said, this this doesn't work for me. But it's funny, you know, you grow up and yeah. things change. And, and then I started running and getting into it. And then obviously I, I love it. And, you know, it, like you said, three miles sounded like a marathon back in the mm-hmm. in the day. Um, it probably felt like one uh, when I first did it. And now, obviously, that's not that's totally different so um that's awesome cool so um i wanted to talk about you have uh your your mission with your business i wanted to start there uh you want to help a million people discover their athlete within and i know i'm shortening it and it's it's a lot more detailed (laughs) than that but i wanted to let you kind of expand on you know what exactly does that mean yeah so You know, when I was rebranding back in 2016 and creating what it was today, and then as I've progressed, because not only as uh, an athlete and a coach and a business owner, and just as a human being, you're always progressing in life. You're always developing. You're always learning new things. And then I was like, what is like my grandest purpose? Like, what do I really, what am I here to do in life? And to be honest, back in 2018, I just, had an epiphany and I realized that I'm really here to inspire people and I want to help them to really shatter those self, those self, let me see. I always, I always, it's like, you know, how do I say it? We put so much restriction on ourselves. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I like to say, I like to help people shatter those self-imposed glass ceilings because they're glass. There's a lot more we can do above us and we can see it, but we don't always think we can do it, right? So I wanna help people just shatter those ceilings. I really wanna help them find those unprecedented levels of fulfillment within their life. And I want them to be happy. And one of the ways I do that is by helping people find their athlete within. And if you have a body, you are an athlete. And what I mean by that is a perfect example. Say you have someone who in their younger years, like us in high school and college, maybe did sports. They've progressed through life. They're married. They've got kids. Maybe they've got grandkids right now. And they've been sitting and not physically active for years. And so for me, I want to bring that athlete that they had back in the day, back out within them and have them find a life full of happy, healthy fit and happy, healthy fit lifestyle, motivation, attitude, everything that, you know, is encompassed in that whole gamut. And so that's one example. Another example is someone who's never been physically fit their whole life. They've never liked to ever exercise, never liked to move. And so if I can get them to find something that they love, no matter what it is to get a little bit more movement in their everyday life and to feel better, that's also finding their athlete within. So that's kind of what I believe in helping someone find their athlete within you know, whether it's been buried 
or never been found, you know, let's pull that out. And so my goal with Renovate Fitness as a whole is to do that with 1 million people because I wanted to put a goal on it. I wanted to have a number. And obviously we're on our way there. We're not 2 million yet. We're, we're in the thousands, but you know, we're going to get there eventually. And so I do that through my company, Renovate Fitness. And then I also do it personally through me being an inspiration to people in my everyday life and trying to set an example. That's awesome. And I, I think I, I'm picturing two different types of people in my head that you might, and you, I'm willing to bet you've probably seen. You have the one where maybe that glass, like ha, I'm trying to think of the best way to, to put this. So somebody where that glass is foggy, right? And they can't see through it because they don't know, right? They don't know what they can do and what they're capable of. So let's, maybe let's start with that person. So the one May, what's a good approach to, to, I don't know, talk to that person or, or plan that we can, we can uh, show them that gets them to first step is just to understand you, you think your limits here, but we really don't know because you're, you have this limitation you're setting. Right. Well, what commonly happens is I'll have people inquire um, about my services and usually it's the beginning of, I just want to start eating healthier or mm -hmm my body hurts, I've had surgery, I'm recovering, I need to build some strength, or I just wanna move more, or I don't feel good, or I wanna be able to move for my grandkids. And so usually it starts with a goal that is just about improving one small part of life. And to them, it might be a huge part of life, or they might see it as small because it's not important yet, but they realize they have to do something, right? And so they come in and they start working with me we focus on obviously healthy living and I don't just do nutrition and fitness and sports and lifestyle. I actually put it all together because it really takes everything, but the key is doing it at a really slow, comfortable pace for someone. So you don't overwhelm them because if you throw too much at someone all at once, you're not really setting them up for success. Right? So what happens is someone will come in and they just want to be able to move without pain. And so we start working on a lot of corrective exercise. And I know you, you are also FMS certified like I am. And we, I use that all the time, right? And so we get them to start moving better. We get them to improve mobility, improve flexibility, improve strength, work on stabilization and balance, kind of get everything to work in proportion. Well, as they're doing that, over time, they're getting exposed to my community here at Renovate Fitness, whether it's people virtually online or in person, and they're seeing all the accomplishments that everyone else is doing and the capabilities that people have, and they're feeling welcomed and joined. And so what happens more often than not is someone who came just to say, get out of pain and move a little better, before you know it, they're intrigued about doing a 5K or they're intrigued about trying you know, an obstacle course race, or they're intrigued about trying to do a pull-up or a push-up or whatever it may be. And so that is what I picture as someone who's got a ceiling that's a little foggy. They came in for one thing, but then that fog is there, but it's starting to lift. They see maybe there's more they can do. And then when they see other people doing things that those people didn't think they can do, they realize that, you know what, maybe, maybe I can do it. And obviously we're here to help them. And so that's a big part of it because they want that support. They want that community and they want to make sure they do it safe. They want to have fun. And then when they try something new and they actually cross a finish line, for example, I mean, there's no better feeling in the world, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, you, you brought up a whole bunch of things. I, I had to take notes to make sure I brought them back up. Um, okay. I, 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 I love how you put that because, you know, our, our facility is very similar. So I, my pa I have this passion for obstacle course racing and it's something I've really gotten into. And sometimes when people think of my studio, they think that's all we do. Mm -hmm. And it's a portion of what we do. Most people that we see are like you're saying, they just wanna lose a little bit of weight, move a little bit better, mm -hmm. um, you know, get, like you said, get to the next step, whatever that might be. And then I have some that are like, hey, I want a podium. You know, I wanna, what, those are the minority that, that we'll see there. It's more just, I don't feel good and I want to start moving more. So I think that's a good thing for people to be aware that it's not like everybody is this hardcore athlete, right? They're all going through the same process. They might've picked it up at a, at a different step. And we have so many that have followed in the same way where it was like, you move pretty well, you're, you're getting pretty fit, you know, I, and, and I don't even push it. They see somebody else. And, and that was one thing I, I wanted to bring up where you said the other, they see other people. 
And it's kind of like that idea, like with uh, Roger Bannister breaking the four minute mile, right? It can't be done. It's kind of like that, right? Oh, like I just saw a person who kind of looks like me climb a rope. Like, can I do that? And it's like, let's find out, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's amazing when you have that, that support, that community um, that people are really discovering, that's getting you to the next level. Like obviously the coach is doing a right. great job, but it, that there's a lot to be said about everybody else in the facility or around you or your support helping you really get to that next level. Well, that camaraderie is really motivating as well, you know, yeah. and they don't feel alone. They're with other like-minded individuals. You know, I always tell people, it's like, not only do you have me as your coach supporting you, guiding you, inspiring you and motivating you, but you've got the other renovators here that are also doing the same thing, you know, it's yeah. more than just me. And so it's really a big communal feel. Awesome. And so I, I think a lot of people that we see will fall into that category where they're really, maybe they're setting the bar too low, right? Or not even setting a bar in the first place. Uh, I want to ask you, do you ever run into the person whose expectations are maybe too high and we have to reel them? And I hate to set a limit on somebody, but unfortunately with social media and things and magazine covers and hey, I want to look like this. And it's like, well, that's not even a real picture to begin with. So is that something that you ever have to deal with? Yeah, uh, I do. Not always as often, usually it's the other way around, but I have a perfect example for this. Um, way back in the day when I was a trainer at one of the big box gyms, um, I had a young lady in her uh, mid to late teens come and her goal was to minimize her hip size by two inches. She wanted to be a model and she wanted to get thinner. And so obviously I did my assessment, I did everything, I talked to her and I had to be blunt with her and I had to tell her, I said, I can't help you minimize your hip size by two inches. I said, you don't have anything to reduce in your hips because she already was fit and thin, right? I said, these, your hips right now, the size they are, that's your bone structure and you don't have any excess fat to reduce in that area. And I know it's not what she wanted to hear, but I told her, I said, if that's gonna be your goal, I'm not gonna be the trainer for you because I can't do that for you. I can help you in every other aspect, but that's the one thing I can't do. And that's a perfect example of someone having an expectation that either is not realistic or just not realistic at this time. And I, I, I like that second point that you made too. It's yeah, there's the bones, you know, something like that we can't change, but maybe it was, Hey, I want to, I want to win a race or complete, maybe if it's complete a race right now and, and maybe having that conversation, you absolutely can, but it's not going to be next week. You know, it's right. It's the goal. Now we just set the expectation of the time that something like this would take. Yeah. And um, in a race situation, I think the first goal is always a great one just to finish the race, cross that finish line and enjoy yourself doing it so that you actually want to do it again. And then as you want to do it again, then we can pick up in improving all your technique, your speed, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, just get that first one done, have fun, and then figure out where you need help or yeah. whatever it might be. Yeah. I warn people, awesome. I tell them, I, watch out, it's a bit addictive. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> and expensive after a while. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, I, I, another thing I really liked, you said that you, you said it takes everything, right? And because you don't just do nutrition, right? You don't just do this. And I really like that because that's a hard thing for people to understand where it's, I just need to really eat less and I lose weight or whatever it might be. So I would love to hear more about it. And let's actually talk about if we have a fat loss goal, because I think that's it's a common goal. That's a lot of the yeah. clients we're going to see. And probably a lot of our listeners that at some point, this is probably something they want to focus on. So maybe let's expand on that and get a little bit of your philosophy. If we're talking specifically fat loss, um, what are all the things that we should be considering? And I know that's a huge question, but just to, to dig more into your philosophy on yeah. well, what, where do I, I don't just eat less. What, what should I do that? Right. Right. Yeah. No, if, if I have a client come to me and that's their goal is fat loss, basically what I'm going to do is find out all about them. What are their current lifestyle habits? How often do they move? If they move at all, do they do any physical activity? If so, what do they do for how long and how often? And then I take a look at their nutrition. You know, what do you enjoy eating? What, how many times a day do you eat? How, 
much do you eat? How about drinking, hydration? What do you consume? And then I go into also lifestyle habits. So what is your stress level like at work, at home, or if there's some other part of life that causes stress? And then sleep is a huge part of it. You know, how often do you sleep? How well do you sleep? I mean, those are some of, I'd say, the biggest key parts in addition to mindset. You know, and as Mindset is not always necessarily something that we need to ask them about per se, but as you get to know the client, that just becomes apparent. You know what I'm saying? As you get to know your client, as you um, work with them. And so what I do is I take a look at everything and then looking at all the information that I have, the various assessments I do, the questionnaires and the conversations and the goals, in addition to letting them speak in their own words and know what is it that you want to accomplish because say they want to accomplish and do a race right first uh, obstacle course race for example and then they come in but they're not eating the best they're not sleeping well they're working all the time they don't work out very often you know and so as a coach part of my job is to help them figure out what is the one thing to start on right now that they can be successful with because you want them to succeed. So a lot of times I like to ask my client, okay, out of these right here, which one do you feel would have the biggest impact of you reaching this goal? And which one would you like to work on first? And I actually ask them because they have to have input in it. You have to have their buy-in, right? And so then I'll take what they want to do. And then a lot of times, not necessarily secretly, but I'm good at sneaking in these other things that'll for example, help correct some imbalances or dysfunctional patterns that are going on in their body or help their balance and stabilization. Because another example is a lot of people like, I want these really hard, intense workouts, right? But they don't want to recover. They don't want to foam roll. They don't want to warm up. They don't want to cool down. <laughs> you yeah. don't want to stretch or whatnot. Well, I, you know, what I do is I make that automatically a part of their program, whether they like it or not. Say mm -hmm. you're going to have this warm up period. We're going to work on your range of motion. We're going to activate your muscle groups that were especially going to be used in this workout. We're going to work on movement prep and then we're going to get into the workout and then we're going to cool down, whether it's stretching, foam rolling, any combination, sometimes compression therapy or, you know, heat or ice, depending on what's going on. And then they end up having this well-rounded program. And so when going back to like fat loss, for example, whether it's something nutrition related or fitness related, I'll let them choose what that one big thing is they really want to focus on and we'll do that. But I'll just intermix other things that I know that they need to get them there. And it yeah. naturally tends to just fall in place. And before you know it, they see the bigger picture. They see how all these little things amount to this grandiose result. And then there's even more buy-in and then they continue with it. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, I know a mistake I've made and I'm sure a lot of other coaches have made where one, we just want to give them everything, right? I'm going to give you everything that I've learned in my life and just throw it up on you yeah. and hope you make it out. Um, or I think you should eat this way or exercise this way. And, and you said a really important thing there is, but I didn't ask them, right? Like if I say you need to go run, and you hate running, like, where's that going to get us? Right. So it's, you know, if uh, you just focus on the things they think will help them. And obviously, if they say, well, I'm not going to eat anymore, you know, then we, we can step in and, you know, hopefully educate them on maybe that. But I think most people know, right? right. If people just applied the things they already knew, they, they'd probably be doing all right. We're just going to keep them accountable. So it's like, they know, hey, I drink a bottle of wine a night. Um, it's not helping me. So let me cut down on that. And it's like, I think that's a great place to start. I'm going to check up on you. So everyone can benefit that from that, right? What's, what's the one thing you are doing that's getting in your way or you're not doing, if you can figure that out, you're just making a huge step. And then it's, then it just snowballs from there onto the next thing, onto the next thing. Yeah. And I like to use the example of running, like someone who hates running because there's, I get a number of people that come in to renovate that don't like running. They've never run or they tried running and they hated it. And I always give them a little warning when they start. I said, just, so you know, I'm known for having people who dislike running to all of a sudden one day fall in love with it. So I'm just warning you now because <laughs> it's yeah. happened too many times. I have one lady that I coached and she hated running, never ran. 
And now she has a goal to run a half marathon in every state in the United States. I mean, That's perfect awesome. right there. You yeah. know, I'm so glad that I was able to bring that out in her and introduce her to the running community so she can flourish with that. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm willing to bet why you're doing that so well is because you're doing it the right way, right? Where you're introducing it the right way. We're not forcing mm -hmm. it. They're able to handle it versus, Hey, let's just start running. And you've never done any type of exercise. Right. And now your knee hurts, your Achilles hurts. And it's like, yeah, of course you're going to hate this. Every time you do it, it hurts. But when you take a good approach, it's like, okay, it's tiring, but I feel pretty good afterwards and nothing hurts now. Yeah. That was not so bad. Yeah. I think the key is yes. Like you said, doing it with the right technique, but also making it fun, making it be an activity that they can find some enjoyment out of, or even some kind of benefit that works for them. So for example, one of the reasons I love running and I actually, one of the COVID had a really great impact on me. Prior to COVID, I wanted, I'm, a, I'm a people person. I'm very social. I like to be around people. I love to like run with people, work out with people. It's a lot of fun. I just get motivated by people, right? And so prior to COVID, I always would run with a friend or do all this. And every once in a while, I'd have to run on my own. And if I had to run long on my own, I was like, oh, it's not as fun, blah, blah, blah. Well, in COVID, when everything shut down and no one could do anything, and then eventually once you could go outside into the parks and start running, but you couldn't be together, I was running by myself and I basically was running four days a week by myself and it actually flipped for me. And I found out that I really enjoyed running by myself and prior, you know, in years prior, never enjoyed it. And I really found a love for that. And one of the things, so my point being is I found out that I love thinking. And when I mm -hmm. run, that's my thinking time. That's when my ideas flow and flourish. It's a stress relief. It's relaxation. And sometimes, yes, just listening to music, but still thinking. And so my example and the relation is that sometimes people can find a love for it. Not that it has to be like some fun, grandiose experience, but some people just realize, wow, I really feel relaxed after that. Or I got a lot of thinking done. So it, you just, it's different for everybody, you know? Yeah. Oh, I can hundred percent relate to that where I, I'm, I've noticed the same exact thing where my best ideas happen on my runs, right? Where I'm, I'm just out there doing you know, going off and, um, and, uh, I got a little guest here. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> um, and yeah, I get back and I have to grab my notebook and just start writing things down because it's like all of these, all of these ideas have just, um, been, you know, flying at me while I'm running. I, I, I I've never been great at meditating. You know, I've, I've tried and I could do a few minutes, but it's just not something I've um, been able to pick up, but I, my closest, thing is out on a run when I can just focus and be alone with my thoughts. That's, that's my form of meditation that seems to work really well. I am the exact same way. I yeah. struggle meditating. It's really challenging because I'm one of those people do, 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 go, 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 go. And mm -hmm. what I, what I actually realized, and it's a concept that I, well, I plan on doing a book about, but one of the things that I realized is that everyone has to find what works for them, right? Mm. And so for me, running is my form of meditation, just like you said, that's when I relax, that's when I can let my thoughts flow, that's when I can be calm. And it, we don't have to fit into everyone else's ideals, you know? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And like you said, yeah, sometimes I'll listen to music or books or whatever. But sometimes I pur purposely go out with nothing. Yeah. So it's literally me and my thoughts for an hour, whatever it's going to be, and just see where it takes me. And it feels, it feels good. And I feel like when I'm sitting, trying, anytime I ever try and meditate, like just sitting at home or wherever, just like you said, I feel like a million things are just coming in because I need to go um, and I need to go to the grocery store now. I need to go get the kids or whatever. And like, and I can't get those things out. Um, as my daughter keeps interrupting us, okay. but, <laughs> um, so when I'm running, I have no choice, right? I'm out there. Mm -hmm. So I at least have until I get back before I can do anything. So I can let that stuff go. Yeah. And it forces you to do it. And it also, I love that I'm kind of getting more than one thing done at the same time, because not only am I getting my exercise and my physical activity, but I've got so many thoughts happening in my ideas. And then when we get home, like you said, we write it down, like that 
time, that hour was so purposeful right there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, before I let you go, uh, one thing I love asking other coaches, um, I want you to fill in the blank and okay. you're going to let me know uh, if all clients would, or I shouldn't say clients, if all uh, people would do this one thing, they would see massive improvements in their training. <sighs> one thing? Yeah, I know it's hard to pick one, <laughs> but you have to. I would say, well, the first thing, a few things come to mind, but the one that I feel is probably the most important is sleeping more. Absolutely. That's a good one. Most people don't sleep enough. Yeah. And you, you brought that up early and, and I think it's so often people want to skip over the low hanging fruit, right? They want to go right to the intermittent fasting, ketogenic diet or, yeah. or whatever. And it's like, but you don't drink any water and you sleep four hours a night. Like yeah, everything else won't help as much if we can cover the big, big rocks first. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, so what, what's your favorite obstacle? Oh, geez. Favorite. <laughs> oh, that's a tough one. I would say one of my favorites is the inverted wall. <laughs> Okay. Awesome. <laughs> and I think the reason, and I know for some people, it's really challenging for some people it's easy. And I think one of the reasons it's my favorite is because when I did my first Spartan race back in 2015, I'd never encountered an, a wall like that before. Never knew what to do. You know, I just remember running up to it, jumping, grabbing, stepping, flying over and just being like, Oh my God, I just did that. I got back down. And then my husband was looking at me because he was behind me. He's like, how'd you do that? I was like, I don't know. And he, <laughs> and he tried to do it and he struggled. And I was, and it was just one of those things that it just, I just ran and just did it. Didn't think about it. And it just yeah. happened. So ever since then, every time I come up on the inverted wall, I always remember that one race. And so awesome. I think that's why it's my favorite. All right. Well, then I have to ask Lee's favorite. Oh, <laughs> Let's see, would burpees count as an obstacle? <laughs> All those burpees we have to do. Um, least favorite, I would say was, I've only encountered this one once. It was 2019 at the World Championships in Lake Tahoe for Spartan Race. And um, we had to do a double sandbag carry down a half pipe and then right back up. Oh. And prior to that, I had never done double sandbags they were frozen so they didn't mold well to your body they were heavy they were freezing and the angle of a half pipe on a mountain is like extreme yeah and i swear i've never spent so much time on one obstacle ever in my entire life except for that one it probably was at least 20 minutes yeah. it, it, it was so hard <laughs> i, I went favorite the double sandbag. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wasn't there that year but I heard a lot about it and I heard the exact same thing that it took a long time to yeah. just figure out how to carry them both and uh that's a rough one <laughs> um well thank you so much for coming on and, and sharing some of your insight yeah. uh if if any of our listeners want to learn more about you and, and what you offer what would be a good place to go uh learn more Sure. So you can go to, I have two websites. One is renovatefitness.com. So that's R-E-N-O-V, the number eight dot fitness. And there's no.com there. And then heathermbins.com. Heather, H-E-A-T-H-E-R, M is a Mary, Bins, B-I-N-N-S.com. Those are the two websites. One is about me as a health and fitness strategist. The other one's specifically my company, Renovate Fitness. And then you can find us on social media everywhere. You just, just type in Heather Bins or Heather CPT and uh, Renovate Fitness and you'll find us. Awesome. And, and uh, looking through your website, you have a ton of services that you offer. So I'll put links to both your websites in the show notes for this episode. Okay. So uh, people can check it out and, and see everything that you're doing. Thank you um, well, so much, Mike. I really appreciate yeah. it. It's a pleasure being on. Oh, anytime. And I look forward to hopefully seeing you at a race. Uh, I hope in the near future, but you know, we'll, we'll see how things go. Yeah. Just FYI, my probably closest race will be at the end of the year because I'm about to have hip surgery. So I'm going to oh. be out five to seven months as far as my own unrestricted training. Gotcha. Gotcha. Talk well, about the mental challenge that's coming. Yes. Mind. Yes. Uh, <laughs> you'll, 
you'll manage through it, I'm sure. But good luck with that. That's and good. then I will definitely see you when you're back out there. All right. Thanks so much. All right. Well, that will do it for episode 81 of the OCR Underground Show. As always, I hope hope you found uh, some of the things we talked about in this episode uh, to be helpful, that you can apply and and help you out on race day, because that's what this is is all about. Uh, Special thanks to my guest today, uh, XGX coach Heather Binns. Uh, I want to thank her for sharing her insight. And again, I hope that was helpful listening to us chat um, and some of her, her strategies that she uses with her clients. Uh, again, you can check out the show notes for everything that we talked about in this episode at www.ocrunderground.com slash episode dash 81. Uh, and I'll be back again soon with another awesome episode for you.